She is said to have publicly taught natural and moral philosophy in the schools and academies of Attica for 35 years, to have written 40 books and to have counted among her pupils 110 philosophers. She was so highly esteemed by her countrymen that they inscribed on her tomb an epitaph which declared that she was the splendor of Greece and possessed the beauty of Helen, the virtue of Therma, the pen of Aristippus, the soul of Socrates, and the tongue of Homer. Dr. H.J. Mosens, Woman in Science. Who is Dr. Mosens referring to? Why, Arete of Cyrene, of course. Arete was born in present-day Libya between 400 and 500 BCE. She was raised by her father in the study of philosophy, and he studied directly under Socrates. Arete grew up in knowledge and confidence, and she was soon teaching at the school of Cyrene. Arete is one of the first philosophers to develop the concept of ethical hedonism, which boils down to the idea that our primary drive as humans is to do things which result in our pleasure. Arete and her students argued that discipline, knowledge, and virtuous actions result in our pleasure, while negative actions create negative emotions like fear and pain and result in our discomfort. In addition to her work as a professor and author, Arete had a son who became a philosopher and was known as the Mother Taught. Her other students included Theodorus the Atheist, one of the early vocal voices and recorded atheistic philosophers, and Anaceris, who continued to develop the philosophy of hedonism, which is the basis for the work of Jeremy Bentham, a more recent philosopher and the founder of utilitarianism. None of Arete's original works have survived, or at least been discovered, but she is mentioned and referenced by many historians and philosophers, from her early days as a teacher to many centuries later. There is no doubt that Arete paved the way not only for women in philosophy, but for all philosophy, systems of government, and moral ideals in the modern world. So thanks, Arete. Hello, witches, women, and other lovely listeners. I'm Hannah, the bipolar bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of Witches and Women. In this podcast, we get to explore the lives of powerful women, both real and mythological. Strong women have historically been labeled as witches or something else equally troubling, taboo, and easy to justify killing or dismissing. I'm telling their stories because most of these tales are amazing and all of them are fascinating. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play and if you do social media, connect with me through Of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Of course, be sure you also check out the website, which is the most in-depth and exciting resource I can offer you. When you visit ofwitchesandwomen.com, you'll find fantastic merchandise of both the serious and salty variety. Lots of the merchandise is limited edition, so get it while we're still in ancient Greece. You'll also find the Grimoire Gallery, which is our internet gallery curated with art by today's working artists and featuring witches, women, and goddesses of ancient Greece. 
If you see something you like, you can support a small business by visiting the artist's portfolio sites to see, share, or purchase more of their work. Plus, you can even buy some of their prints starting at just $15 in the Of Witches and Women's shop. If you're not a fan of fake news, then you need to check out the Lamia Library, where I list all of my show notes and other resources and recommendations. Of course, subscribe to the newsletter The Oracle on any page of the Of Witches and Women website. Just scroll down and add your email address. The bi-weekly Oracle tells the shorter, fascinating, more obscure stories that we won't get to cover on the show. It highlights grimoire gallery artists, shares simple spells and book recommendations, and more. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. Almost a thousand years after Arete of Cyrene ran her school of philosophy, Hypatia, another strong, educated woman, made quite a stir in ancient Rome. She was a Hellenist, Greek born and raised and living in the great center of learning, the city of Alexandria. Like Arete, Hypatia's father started her down the road of philosophy, raising her to be loyal to pagan and Greek ideals in a Roman Christian world, which was very dangerous. Hypatia is one of the earliest recorded female mathematicians. She made groundbreaking contributions to geometry, long division, and number theory. Hypatia was also an expert astronomer and philosopher. She was renowned for her excellence and became one of the first women to teach in Alexandria's prestigious seminars, lecturing on the works of Aristotle and Plato. Sionesis, a bishop of Ptolemais, described Hypatia as a person so renowned her reputation seemed literally incredible. We have seen and heard for ourselves she who honorably presides over the mysteries of philosophy. Hypatia never married. She was courted very forcibly by at least one young man, but was uninterested. As he continued to pursue her after her hard no thank you, Hypatia displayed her menstrual rags to him and said, This is what you really love, my young man, but you do not love beauty for its own sake. The suitor was horrified, um, and he left Hypatia alone after that display. And that right there is a woman who knows her mind and her boundaries. Socrates Scholasticus, a 5th century historian, wrote, There was a woman at Alexandria named Hypatia, daughter of the philosopher Theon, who made such attainments in literature and science as to far surpass the philosophers of her own time. Having succeeded to the school of Plato and Platonius, she explained the principles of philosophy to her auditors, many of whom came from a great distance to receive her instructions. On account of the self-possession and ease of manner which she had acquired in consequence of the cultivation of her mind, she not infrequently appeared in the public in the presence of the magistrates. Neither did she feel abashed in going to an assembly of men, for all men, on account of her extraordinary dignity and virtue, admired her the more. 
Hypatia lived in ancient Rome during the beginning of popular Christianity. It was a tenuous political and religious situation as pagans, Christians, and Jews tried to live together under rulers who forced not only their political, but also their religious agendas. Hypatia was immensely popular and was allies with Theophilius, the Christian bishop of Alexandria. While Theophilius tolerated Hypatia's pagan beliefs, he died at the height of Hypatia's popularity. After Theophilius' death, there was a power struggle for his position. His nephew Cyril eventually filled the position and did not continue his uncle's cordial relations with pagan and Jewish leaders. Sionesis, one of Hypatia's former pupils and a politician, avoided Cyril, but at one point wrote to Hypatia asking her to intercede on behalf of two people targeted under Cyril's new regime. Sionesis wrote to Hypatia, You always have power, and you can bring about good by using that power. In 414 CE, Cyril closed all synagogues in the city and forced all the Jews out of Alexandria. Hypatia and her Christian friend Aristus tried to scale this action back, but this led Cyril to marking them as his enemies. Hypatia had previously been beloved by Christians and pagans alike. She taught students of many beliefs. However, Cyril began a campaign to discredit her, convincing zealous Christians that she was a witch who practiced magic. Coptic Bishop John of Nikiu later described Hypatia in a very different light from the people of the time. He said, And in those days there appeared in Alexandria a female philosopher, a pagan named Hypatia, and she was devoted at all times to magic, astrolabes, and the instruments of music, and she beguiled many people through her satanic wiles, and the governor of the city honored her exceedingly, for she had beguiled him through her magic, and he ceased attending church, as had been his custom, and he not only did this, but he drew many believers to her, and he himself received the unbelievers at his house. This is evidence that the Christian victors were attempting to rewrite history and justify Hypatia's tragic end. What end is that? During Lent in 415 CE, a group of religious Christian zealots raided Hypatia's home and dragged her from her carriage through the streets and to a pagan temple. The mob literally ripped her apart, desecrating her sacred temple as they spilled her blood across the tiles. Hypatia's assassination sent shockwaves throughout the Roman Empire. Cyril was investigated for conspiracy to commit murder, but escaped real punishment by bribing the right people. Orestes tried to overturn Cyril and take control of Alexandria, but failed, and Cyril's zealous hold over the city tightened without Hypatia there to teach moderation and balance. Ironically, Hypatia's death became the basis for the Christian saint, Catherine of Alexandria, a legendary figure who was also an unmarried, highly educated woman. <clears throat> 
But Hypatia's own fame continued. In the 18th and 19th centuries, she was used as an example of the control and corruption of the Catholic Church and was romanticized as the epitome of truth and beauty. All that was good about Hellenism and Greco-Roman pagan beliefs and philosophy. In 1843, the German text History of the Witchcraft Trials argues that Hypatia may have been the very first witch to be killed under Christian rule. Listeners, let's talk shop, specifically the Of Witches and Women merchandise shop. We have beautiful prints and t-shirts created by contemporary artists, salty t-shirts, fierce joggers, magic coffee mugs, witch sister bracelets, stickers, and more merch designed by me as well. Plus, when you buy art, either as a print or a t-shirt, the proceeds go to the hard-working artist. And when you buy the other merchandise, I can afford to buy myself a Pop-Tart. A maybe. Huh. So, take a look at ofwitchesandwomen.com shop. Arete and Hypatia, born a thousand years apart, have much in common. Both had forward-thinking fathers who willingly educated their daughters, allowing them the opportunity to excel and become equals with all the men around them. Both women were brilliant and helped shape all of Western civilization as we know it. Interestingly, while Arete lived a slightly more conservative lifestyle, marrying, having a child, etc., and was beloved by her people until her natural death, Hypatia's fierce intellect and popularity made her the first target for the Christian campaign to suppress women, stupefying half the population and misinterpreting biblical texts to rile up the people and make them complicit in their own oppression and the murders of hundreds of thousands of alleged witches and heretics to come. If that sparks your interest, I can't wait to tell you about the witches of next season. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure you and your coven honor Hypatia the Astronomer tomorrow, Saturday, July 4th, by popping outside in the evening to enjoy a full moon and lunar eclipse. Please also make sure you are all subscribed to Of Witches and Women on Apple, Google, or Spotify, and please share a deeply philosophical or at least a very positive review on your podcast app so others can find and enjoy the show as well. You can connect with me and the pod on social media, and of course, look up ofwitchesandwomen.com for even more great content and to subscribe to the Oracle. Stay fierce, witches, and I'll catch you next time. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media, LLC.